And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Good afternoon. Welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio for our Christmas special. I'm John Mauk, and today I'm going to share with you something you probably never heard about Isaiah 9-6, one of our favorite Christmas verses. I'm an attorney and partner at the law firm of Malkin Baker. We're Christian attorneys that focus on serving the body of Messiah with its legal needs. We do everything from zoning to estate planning, nonprofit administration, to religious freedom. You can find out more about us by going to MalkBaker.com. That's M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R dot com or call 312-726-1243. Isaiah 9-6. What a wonderful passage. I'm going to read it to you in a couple translations, and then we're going to talk about who is this wonderful counselor? What does that title mean? Why did God give that, and how can it bless us and help us to serve God more effectively? But first, let's walk through the Scripture, because it's so beautiful. For a child has been born to us. A son has been given to us. He shoulders responsibilities and is called Extraordinary Strategist. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The NIV puts it this way. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. So we note first that this is a child, extraordinary, given that this child is called God, mighty God, uh, Father of eternity, everlasting Father. He's also given authority. The government is upon his shoulders. He's given to us. Of course, that's the people of God, Israel. And by extension, those of us Gentiles who are grafted into Israel. But this child is a gift, freely given. Unto us a child is given to be our mighty God, to be our wonderful counselor, to be the father of eternity and the prince of peace. Now, you've all seen that on innumerable Christmas cards. And sometimes it's so common we read past it. But who is this wonderful counselor and why has God given him this name? Well, I think it's quite appropriate for lawyers to Jesus to delve into that and and help you to uh, see how rich that title is. The Hebrew is Peleyatz or Yaatz, counselor Y A. A-T-S, and Extraordinary Strategist is an alternative. And I'm going to suggest uh, quite an awesome lawyer. 
as yet another translation. Now, am I just making that up because I'm a lawyer? Uh, not at all. Uh, take a look when you get a chance at Isaiah 126, where Isaiah is uh, delivering a promise from God. I will restore your judges as in days of old, your counselors as at the beginning. Afterwards, you, Jerusalem, will be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. So Isaiah is using the same word, ya'atz, judges and lawyers, I will restore, or judges and counselors. A counselor is a little broader meaning than judges or than lawyers, but lawyers are included within that category. Strategists are included within that category. So our counselor is more than just an advisor. He's somebody who can work with us, can rebuke us, can uh, teach us and guide us. Of course, counselor is used to refer to the Holy Spirit in the Gospels, because Jesus says in the Gospel of John, I will send you another counselor. So I want us to understand that counselor, lawyer, Jesus, is promised to us and tells us that the Holy Spirit will also teach the same things he has taught. Now, why does this matter to us? When we come back from the break, I'm going to explain that. This is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Mauck of the law firm of Mauck & Baker. Well, let's start from another perspective. Does belief in God save us? Not really. We need to be saved through faith in Jesus, that he is our atoning Savior, and by his shed blood on the cross, we are saved. Does the Holy Spirit immerse us in the Holy Spirit? No, they're different functions. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Uh, if you don't believe me, you can look it up in all four Gospels. It's he that will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit convinces us of sin. Actually uses a legal term, convicts us of sin. So there are different functions that God has in his different roles and with the different names he has given himself. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God, Jesus, the wonderful Counselor, Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the Counselor. So we need to understand that in relating to God and understanding God, we need to approach him in the ways that he has revealed himself. So the strategist is Jesus. We can see that in the things that he's done. We can see them there in Scripture. He came and he debated with the religious leaders of his day. He taught them. He rebuked them. Um, he evangelized them. And we need to, too. But I snuck in a little phrase there that I hope will alert you every time you hear it. 
the Sadducees and Pharisees, religious leaders of his day. Were they really? Yes, but they were much more, and we haven't been taught that or really, uh, really seen that within the, within the body. These were lawyers. These were lawmakers. These were law professors. These were politicians. If you look at translation after translation, you see that they are the teachers of the law. Now, the law, Torah, isn't what we think of today as, well, a, a religious book. Torah, to Israel, was their constitution. It was their way to live. How do we live? And so these lawyers and law professors were teaching on how you live. The religious establishment was the high priests and the Levites and the sacrifices at the temple. Yes, the Pharisees were religious, just like a lot of politicians today are religious but they were factionalized. Uh, we have Republicans and Democrats fighting at each other. The Pharisees and Sadducees, we see from the book of Acts, were often at odds. And this happens in human society. The point is this. If we can reimagine and get out of our American box, seeing the separation of church and state, and realize that Israel was governed by God, and that Jesus, to impact Israel for the kingdom of God, went to the lawyers, went to the law professors, went to the uh, theologians, the lawmakers, and were they judges? Yes, the Sanhedrin was the highest court in Israel. Well, does that mean there's anything particular about impacting lawyers? I think absolutely. Of course, every person matters, and everybody in the body of Messiah needs to be doing their part. But we also see that there are scriptural priorities. One of those priorities that people are uh, coming to understand is that Jesus was sent to reach the people of Israel, his brothers and sisters, according to the flesh, the Jews. And he came and he preached to them, and he loved Gentiles, and he preached to Gentiles, but he often said to them, this isn't my ministry now. My ministry is to reach the Jewish people, and God would send other people to reach the Gentiles, uh, such as Paul. So there's a spiritual priority. Does God love Jews more than Gentiles? I don't think so. I think the scriptures teach that he loves us all and he cares for each one of us. But in order to get God's plan, we need to see his priorities. Well, what in the world does that have to do with lawyers? I'll tell you, lawyers are a priority too, not because God loves us more. Although he sure loves us a lot, he loves all of us a lot. But because God knows that he can impact society and others if he reaches the right people. When we come back, I'm going to talk a little more about how we need to reimagine our role and the role of wonderful counselor, excellent strategist in ordering our lives and serving God and how you as individual believers can have a part in that. You don't need a law degree.
Welcome back to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm John Mauk, partner in the law firm of Mauk and Baker in Chicago. Today we're sharing about the scripture passage in Isaiah 9-6. It's a Christmas passage where we often hear about wonderful counselor. The child is given and he shall be called wonderful counselor, mighty God. And we're going deeper into what it means to, to understand that the title and the name and the character given Jesus is Pele Ya'atz, Wonderful Counselor, or in another translation, Extraordinary Strategist. And he's the one who explains Torah, God's teaching, God's law, to Israel, and by extension, to all of us. He's really a law professor. Am I exaggerating? Well, he's called rabbi, but rabbi doesn't mean what it means today, a leader of a synagogue. Rabbi means teacher of the law, and other teachers of the law debated Jesus, and Jesus instructed them. Our difficulty in seeing this is partly church tradition, where Uh, Pastors and Bible teachers have referred to the Sadducees and Pharisees only as religious leaders, and in fact, they were arguing, teaching, deciding, legislating for Israel. They were the politicians of the day, and if we can understand that, we can more fully appreciate God's role and Jesus' strategy, the wonderful strategist, in impacting Israel for God we then can say, how does this apply to us as we want to impact our society for God? Should we follow Jesus' example? His example in reaching the Jews with the gospel message, long neglected except by a few segments of the body, and his strategy for reaching lawyers, quite fully rejected. Well, how do we reach lawyers? Let me suggest that uh, First of all, we need an attitude check. We need to go in to Dr. Jesus, that's another one of his roles, and say, Dr. Jesus, I'm here for an exam. I'm not sure if I'm sick or not, but I kind of feel bad about law and lawyers. Too much legalism, and you said woe to lawyers. So would you do a spiritual check on me, Jesus, and and, uh, take my temperature and and let me know, uh, maybe uh, give me some aspirin or something to uh, help me if I have the wrong attitude. Okay, I'm going to try and do a Jesus voice now. Uh, yes, my son, <laughs> thanks for coming. <laughs> you do need to love my law and love lawyers. So let's start about there, seeing do you love my law and do you love lawyers? Okay, Uh, thanks for bearing with me, listeners. I don't know if that was how Jesus sounded or not, but anyway, that was kind of fun to to try and uh, say that. Let's take a look at the overwhelming praise to God's law that's found in Psalm 119. I'm just going to read a few of the attitudes of heart that we need to have towards God's law. And as I read these, you need to ask yourself, do I have these attitudes towards law? 
Psalm 119, from verse 1, we see innocence. Verse 5, we see obedience. Verse 11, we see hidden in the heart. I have hidden thy word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Verse 32, enthusiasm. Are you enthusiastic about God's law, or is it kind of threatening, ominous, boring? Uh, well, maybe you need an attitude adjustment. Say, Lord Jesus, help me to be enthusiastic about your law. Likewise, verse 40 says we need to be longing. Verse 54 says the law is my theme song. Well, we got... Uh, we got Bob Dylan as a theme song here for Lawyers for Jesus. You got to serve somebody. Is God's law really your theme song? Can that be? Torah is where I want to express myself and praise and sing. Uh, well, verse 62 sort of says the same thing Thanksgiving. Uh, verse 77, delight. Verse 78, meditation. Verse 89 to 96, transcendence. Verse 103, sweetness. The word is sweeter than honey from the honeycomb. God's word is God's Torah, is God's law, is what the wonderful counselor in parts uh, teaches on. Uh, you can find out more about this uh, probably next July when Moody uh, publishers comes out with my book on this topic, uh, tentatively named Wonderful Counselor. We'll see, uh, you'll be able to see more about your attitude towards the law. Now, does that mean, Mr. Mauk, Attorney Mauk, that I got to love lawyers because they're a shady bunch and they're greedy and they're always lying and so forth? And Jesus said, Woe to you, lawyers. Matthew 23 is actually a full of quite a th few rebukes by Jesus to lawyers. And my answer is, yes, you must love lawyers because God wants us to love our enemies and lawyers who are bad, who are lost, who are misguided, who are rebellious, need God's love. And lawyers who've repented and received Jesus and are following Jesus, there's no woe to them. They're blessed when they follow the law and lighten people's load, help them to experience their ministries by showing them how they can do so in an ethical and legal way. So the woe to lawyers is only directed to those who are putting heavy burdens on people, and that's what Jesus said. Let me talk about a few of the great lawyers that the Lord has raised up, and I think you'll see how important it is to love lawyers and assist them. Have you heard of Moses? Not only a lawyer, but a judge, a teacher of judges. He appointed judges, um, a lawgiver. How about the Apostle Paul? He says he was a lawyer, a student under Gamaliel, uh, one of the most extraordinary and uh, storied law professors in the history of Israel. 
Luke, lawyer. Oh, no, Luke's not a lawyer. Luke's a doctor. Well, yeah, he was a doctor lawyer. Read my book, Paul on Trial, and you'll see that the book of Acts is a legal defense of charges brought against Paul. An extraordinary book. Well, let's fast forward. John Calvin, one of the leading reformers. Lawyer. Charles Finney. Remember him? You remember the Second Great Awakening? Oh, how we would long for such an awakening in our nation today. Lawyer. Abraham Lincoln. Set the captives free. Boy, that was Jesus' work. I've come to set the captives free, to proclaim liberty. That's what Abraham Lincoln did. And he was a lawyer. Today, we've got Pat Robertson, uh, brought the gospel around the world, and uh, really influenced me to become a follower of Jesus as a lawyer. Or how about Charles Colson and his prison ministries? Uh, man of God, lawyer, turned convict, turned disciple of Jesus, and uh, wonderful man of God. So lawyers are important. We need to love them. We need to love the law. And when we get to that place, then we can start supporting the lawyers that we know, sending our children to law school. Uh, there's a bunch of good Christian schools out there, uh, Liberty Law School, uh, Trinity in California, Regent uh, uh, Law School. I'm uh, afraid to, uh, I might forget a few. Valparaiso uh, is pretty good. Uh, or if your child or grandchild is going to law school, they can join the Christian Legal Society uh, local chapter, uh, come to the annual conferences, uh, be discipled, or they can start a chapter. So we can impact our society for God, for the kingdom of God, in doing what Jesus did, which is impacting the lawyers, uh, debating with the lawyers. And uh, you can learn more by going to WILL website and uh, looking, looking up the Lawyers for Jesus uh, interviews that we've had over the past year, or MalkBaker.com. We have all of our interviews posted, and you might find a few that are interesting and instructive in how you can come to help lawyers. So in concluding, we have a Christmas gift. A son is given, a child is born, a wonderful counselor. When you get a Christmas gift, do you put it under the tree and just leave it all wrapped up? And when people say, well, what's that? You say, oh, well, that's a gift. I can't open it. That would ruin the wonderful packaging. And really, people will say, are you crazy? I'll open it. Well, I urge you to open the wonderful gift that you've been given in knowing that Jesus is our counselor, strategist, lawyer, and law professor. And you will find your spiritual life and ability to serve God uh, increasing, hopefully overflowing. Merry Christmas. Gonna have to serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve somebody.